Just like that, the final hour is here on this Wednesday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching there. If you're listening, thank you for listening to this great radio partner. Yeehaw here at Old Smoky Moonshine. It's where you can find us here at 6th and Peabody in Music City. Chad, we've got uh, Clay Travis coming up in about 40 minutes from right now. Always a great conversation there. Pat McAfee has been a friend of the show in past visits and from time to time when we're out and about different cities, we'll see him at the big events and what he has built with the platform with his show and what FanDuel ended up giving him, which was a four-year, $120 million contract, uh, changed the game because he negotiated everything, all the rights, deals, all of it. And the platform that he has is way different than most media platforms. And rumors are circulating that he's headed to ESPN. Now, if you think about what he's already done, he's rejoined them in a way. He's part of what was college game day, and the ratings were tremendous for those weekends that he was available to join them for college game day. Um, of course, the value of his program would skyrocket whatever ESPN would like to promote. WWE, he is heavily involved there. Endeavor is partnered with ESPN with now the UFC. The UFC and WWE have now uh, joined. So they've merged. So WWE's television rights deal is up very soon. And they'll be negotiating with Turner and Fox. And, of course, ESPN can get in that game too. All of those tie-ins make sense except for the fact that on many of the Disney slash ESPN platforms, it's a different type and vibe of show than what McAfee has produced on his own. And coming on the heels of what we've seen with Portnoy and this past week with Penn Entertainment and Mincy, I look at this and think, is McAfee like Dana White is to ESPN? Or is McAfee like most of the talking heads to ESPN? And I choose to think that if, in fact, this is true, he's going to be more of the Dana White path, meaning for everything that you knock ESPN for, Dana's on the opposite side of it doing exactly what they pretend to hate. And they let it go because it brings in revenue. And so would McAfee. I think it would be a monumental mistake if he went to ESPN. And I say it for this reason. Pat McAfee is a unicorn. He is a rare bird. He is one of the very few people in the history of media that has both the talent and the work ethic to make it work on his own with exactly what he wanted to do. He knew exactly what he wanted. He went out there and took it with his friends that had a similar mindset, that had a similar sensibility and personality for what they wanted to do. And they went out and did it. And they signed a huge deal with FanDuel. Now that hasn't worked out. And he's saying new leadership at FanDuel. We don't see eye to eye. And, you know, we're on the market. And we're looking for something new. He's also come out and tweeted that, you know, what all the reports are, not necessarily true about seeing eye to eye. And we're, gonna, we're just dumb enough to continue doing what we want. Um, he doesn't need to go work for a corporate overlord. He can get away with that once a week on Saturday doing college game day with ESPN. I think the way Pat McAfee does a show and how free he is and what he yeah. does now, he is going to hate with a capital H working for some corporate overlord that's going to give him stupid notes by someone who has no clue what he's doing, 
and try to tell him exactly how to format his show and exactly what to talk about and exactly when not to talk to Aaron Rodgers if he starts talking about vaccination requirements. He will hate that. I hope he doesn't go to Disney, ESPN, for that reason. Because I'm a fan of his, and I hope he continues to get to do exactly what he wants. But the executives at the time didn't choose to invest in him, and they didn't want him on College Game Day initially because they didn't think the old whites would tune in. That was McAfee's quote, not mine. Yep. And then guess what happened? They tuned in. And now you're seeing the about-face with the programming and the path that they are trying to go down by bringing him and obtaining him. I don't know what the price tag would be, but everyone has one. And with McAfee, it's going to be massive no matter what he chooses to do. And and the question is, as far as like the tree of everything that he... I mean, the guy is... You mentioned the work ethic. It's not just his show. It's everything else he's a part of. And the availability with that. How much of those branches is intriguing to him based on what ESPN could also acquire with their partnership with Endeavor, for instance, or with what he wants to do moving forward with College Game Day? I think as a sole proprietor of that show and what he's doing now, he's got the best of all worlds. He can be a part-time contractor for ESPN. He could go do work for WWE. He could go do work with Dana White. If he wanted to, he can sure. go do work uh, on a, another specialty ESPN project if he wants and not be owned by that corporation. If he takes all the money. And, and right now he has Pac-Man Jones sitting in the studio with him. I guarantee you there's a lot of money at stake. Like I get it, right? ESPN could offer him a ton. Sure. It is a mega. It's, it's Disney. Let's take ESPN out of it. It's Disney we're talking about. Mega corporation could offer him the world financially. But once he does that, I'm not calling him a sellout, but you you have sold out. I mean, you have done yeah. that. Portnoy if, admitted that. If you sell it, yes. I mean, you are a sellout. Like, you're taking all the money, and you were then owned by that company. Mm-hmm. So the moment Aaron Rodgers, his weekly guest, comes on and said something that is antithetical to the Disney mission or something they hate, Disney has the right to say, you were done interviewing Aaron Rodgers. And... Pat McAfee has to sit there and eat it and not say anything about it. Well, Pat McAfee's not the type to not say something about it right now. I, I just I love the space that he's in right now and what he's created where he's got his own thing and he can go work for big corporations and do other things on the side. Yeah, and to your point, whenever the UFC is on ESPN Plus, they do attempt to censor what is said in the, you know, in the octagon post fight. It's very difficult with these guys because they're I mean, they're just rattling off left. I mean, for everything you're saying, though, they it's the same company that does have Colby Covington hold a microphone and, and cut a promo on a UFC product. Now, Colby Covington's on the pay-per-view for a reason and not on you know the free TV aspect of ESPN or ABC because they know that he's going to you know rip into whatever. And if you're going to get that, you're going to get the diehards that buy the pay-per-view and not the you know the free TV, but, so to speak. I mean, but that's they, how, do, they, they do look the other way in they that own, regard. They own UFC? No, they pay for the rights to it, which is what they would be doing here. Yeah, in this I, case. I just think we're talking about two very different things. I mean, owning the rights to something and having a member of that league say something on there is different. None of these... That's, no, what, oh, that's what FanDuel does. FanDuel owns the rights to for the sponsorship of yeah, the but behind, of, behind McAfee. That, but this would be ESPN. That's why he left. I mean, he said in a tweet, this, he said, the new executives at FanDuel, we don't see eye to eye. 
He's not going to – I mean, I just don't think you should do that at ESPN. And, and let's, let's get it straight here. These – I've always long wondered why – how the league seemed to own the networks in these situations. Like, it's not they, the other way around. Like, UFC probably tells ESPN what they're going to do. If he sells to ESPN as a part of the ESPN daily lineup, make no mistake about it, ESPN calls the shots. And if they hate something – it will be cut off of that show quickly, well, and then, he won't be doing it. I don't think he's going to well, operate well that way. Well, I, I don't either, and I don't think he will do that, do that type of deal. Um, but it's not like I mean, it's not like he, uh, you know, is rated R on a WWE broadcast. He censors himself on that. Josh in the YouTube chat says, "Would you move this show to ESPN for two hundred fifty million dollars?" Well, yeah. If I had to say over that, of course I would. My point is, I think he can make two hundred fifty million dollars without selling. To ESPN. That's what I think he's built. He started to do that with FanDuel, but then they were exacting a lot of control. I just don't think that Disney and ESPN would be the right home. There may be another big business, some Goliath that comes in, where I'd say that makes more sense for Pat McAfee. But him and his guys, they're wildly successful right now without having to sell out to ESPN. I'm, but I'm curious to see where all this goes. I'm fascinated by this media story. Chad, there's a LSU uh, basketball player at uh, on the the women's team, uh, Flousey Johnson, who has mocked 9/11 in a a rap video. She is actually under the label with Jay Z, and it's listed in her her high school recruiting bio as one of the top recruits in the country when LSU was trying to bring her on to be part of the Tigers program, and now she's making headlines because of this. I know they so she's under the Rock Nation label, uh, known for rapping, and is mocking the, the 9-11 attacks, which, which born after the 9-11 attacks, no doubt, by this case, right? 2001? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of yeah, born after. in college now. So, yeah, I mean, th- this, is, this is one of those areas where, where we are, Compared to, like, if you made a joke about JFK about 20 years after, I'm sure people felt the same way. Yeah, In I the just, future, I don't know, like, 20 to 30 years from now, I don't know what the reaction would be for me. But now I take this and think, hey, idiot. Like, ha- have some common sense. I just, think she's, I just think she's being really dumb. I don't think she's being really insensitive. Yeah, it just doesn't, if that makes sense, it doesn't I, come across the she's right. She's talking about a car, I think, is what she's blowing referencing. Blowing smoke like the Twin Towers. So she was trying yeah. to look for something about blowing smoke, and she probably remembers seeing the towers blowing smoke. And it was just a really – it's a really dumb and insensitive thing that's being said, but I don't feel like she's outwardly trying to mock the death of 9-11. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, so I kind of look at this differently – in that you treat it like it's stupid because it was, but I also don't know. I mean, just release a quick statement about, hey, I was trying to rhyme and make a reference to something, and now I realize that was just really dumb. And then LSU says something along the same lines, and then we move on. Yeah, well, they, they, LSU said we spoke with her, and she has remorse. So we were talking about this pre show also. Are there certain tragedies that it's just never funny? That you can yeah. never reference in any well, type of pop culture. Never, no, and not not with without reverence, well, right? De- no, it depends who you are. Pete Davidson can joke about this all he wants to. 
Because he lost someone. Yeah, was, his dad died in 9-11. Yeah. So, I mean, and he jokes about it. Like, it, it, But it's, a, it's one of those shocking things. Like, I can't believe he just said that. Or uh, at a roast, someone will make... Chad, we've watched the roasts. Pete Davidson's on the dais. And people get up behind the podium and rip into him. Oh. And, and make a reference about 9-11 Anthony Jeselnik has done that. And the response is just not the same. But, but it's... So, I say there's... Everything's on the table depending on who you are and what you've experienced and how you relate to it and how you're either joking about it or you're not. Yeah, and I think that comedy is sort of our last protected area in entertainment where you can get away with a lot more and, and you can be insensitive in the name of comedy and in stand-up. Um, I mean, a rap lyric about it, I just, yeah, it's dumb. But I didn't hear that rap lyric and think, oh, she hates America. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. If it was a song Again, that the, the sole thing was celebrating 9-11 in the song, then I would say, yeah, LSU should probably distance themselves from this athlete and not have her on the team, and a lot more should happen. But I hear that lyric, and I think, this is just a dumb kid that's connecting a rap lyric and rhyming in something that's just stupid. To, to put in a rap song. That's what yeah, I thought from that. Because the words, you know, made sense. But I, I do think there's a whole level of we can joke about this, but we can't joke about this. And certain people can joke about these things. Other people should never touch it. And if you want to get offended, you can find something to be offended about. Well, there's the whole Seinfeld episode about someone converted to Judaism for the jokes. Right? That yeah. Jerry was claiming that a guy converted to Judaism so he could make the Jewish joke. jokes, right? The whole time. Yes. I mean, there's truth to that. Like you mentioned with Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson can joke about those things, write it into things he's in. But, and it's different coming from him because he was, it's a personal thing with but him. Not all but of other the people jokes, shouldn't joke about it. No, but hang on though. Not every, one, not every one of those jokes is coming from him. He's sitting in the room as they're being made. Yeah. And it's not a headline. Yeah, it's how people are going to take it. It's promoted by Comedy Central. Yeah. So, again, if you want to be offended, you can find easily a way to be offended in this world. I agree. I, I wasn't offended by this. Well, I just... I, I heard I the hear lyric that, I, that well, it was dumb, but it's I mean, dumb. It's, it's, a stupid, it's a stupid reference to make, but I don't hear it and get offended. I am amazed, though, at the amount of people who <laughs> claim that people get too offended too easily. And that seemingly are always offended by something. Yeah. I'm offended. You're offended about the offensive things that you're yeah. not offended by. We talked about uh, this with the Bud Light story, right? Yes. Boy, man, the world is just charm and soft, and everybody's offended by anything. Boycott Bud Light <laughs> because they made a bad marketing decision. I mean, I just I don't see how you can have it both ways. I think it's, it's pretty soft on all sides when you go at it that way. Are there things that are said? Bob Huggins is a good example. Do I think he should be fired and not be able to coach again? Because he made a terrible joke and said bad words? No. Do I think it's an awful thing that he said and you just can't say that in, a, in an interview? Yes. It's, and he should be punished in some way for saying it. Shouldn't cost him his job. Shouldn't cost him his profession. But he should be punished in some way for saying it. But at the There's same different time, levels of it. But at the same time in saying that, Tom Brenneman lost gigs that didn't even correlate to the Cincinnati Reds broadcast. And he's no longer... the. Uh, one of the voices of the NFL on Fox. And I don't think he should have been fired. No. You know, he, I mean, he's apologizing in the middle of the, of the game 
and there's a long drive to deep left center field. And next thing we know, he's not on the broadcast again. And, he, about, and six months later, he's speaking to the Bob Huggins coach basketball team about it. Yeah, Billy Bush got fired and uh, because he laughed at a, a joke off air from Donald Trump. You, you, you brought it up earlier, Hutton, but what happens to those radio hosts in Cincinnati? No. What happens if those guys get fired and Bob Huggins still has a job? He just makes a million dollars less for the year. I mean, that's, that's a possibility, though. That's how out of sorts everything is. When you look at punishment for some and not for others, and, well, what does it mean? You know, if you're very talented at what you're doing and you've won a ton of games, you're in the Hall of Fame, your punishment may be different than some radio host in Cincinnati which may be different from someone else, even if something was – you didn't even say it, someone else did, but you laughed. It's, it's all crazy. To me, it's all crazy. The Georgia Bulldogs have declined the invitation to the White House because of a student-athlete schedule. We will uh, discuss that from the football program. And we also need to dive into, Chad, the, the outrage of Phil Mickelson with the Live Tour and the Saudis. One of, one of the biggest stars on the planet – the most popular sport on the planet is and, and was negotiating Saudi money is about to one already has and the headlines are way different that's next on hot mic Clay Travis joins us in 17 minutes as Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on from Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Just, uh, I'm, I'm laughing, Hutton, at like the react. We were talking about stories of when you're the, the, the one that's wrong. Yeah. In like a everyday social every day. setting. Every day. But <laughs> y- your reaction, I, I rarely do this, but I've seen it, but your reaction is to get mad at the other person, even though you're at fault. Like you do something. To warrant someone honking at you, and then you get mad at the person who honks as if they did something wrong. You're mad at them for being mad at you. We have references that we can't share on air, but that's what we were talking about. It is with your thoughts in the chat on YouTube. You can uh, join the channel there. We hope you'll subscribe. Just search out Outkick on YouTube and join us at Outkick.com and on this great radio partner. Chad, uh, Georgia's football team will not be visiting the White House to celebrate the 2023 National Championship. Um, this was, they were invited to join the celebrations at the nation's capital in the summer. And the quote comes down as from a spokesperson with Georgia. Unfortunately, the date suggested is not feasible given the student athlete calendar in time of year. However, we are appreciative of the invitation. Look forward to other opportunities for Georgia teams moving forward. Uh, you and I have the same stance on this. You get the opportunity to go to the White House, you take it. Especially, I mean, as far as student athletes are concerned, the history of the country and what the White House represents and the student athlete calendar doesn't fit the same time frame as the invitation from the president to celebrate your national championship. What are we doing? I, I, as I an need, institution of higher learning, quote unquote. Yeah. This what is, is going on? I, I, I get mad at, I don't care about your politics or whether you love a president or despise them. Exactly. When you get the invitation to be celebrated at the White House from the president of the United States, it is a respect thing that you do it. Uh, this kind of goes back to the, you know, people who get really offended or upset uh, with one thing and then not the other. 
I felt the same way with people that would say, I don't agree with Donald Trump, so I'm not going to go when my team goes to the White House because I disagree with the president. I think that's foolish. You get invited by the president of the United States of America and that office, you respect the office, you go, you shake hands with the president, and if you really got something you want to tell them and you want to disagree with them in some way, then you can do it. Now, with this thing with Georgia, I need a little more info because it is odd, the timing of it where they turned around the UConn and LSU championship teams quickly mm-hmm. to come in May. Then they're, this, you know, they won the title in January, and it's taken this long to get the invite, and it's this far out, and it's in the summer. But if even if the schedule wasn't well, good, wouldn't you come back and say, we can bring a delegation of this many people, but the entire team can't make it? Or, Hutton, wait for it, Ask if there's another time they could come when it works. Can't you work something well, out other than just saying the time the White House gave us doesn't work, so we're not doing it? Well, but let's also – so they didn't attend Georgia's back-to-back. They didn't attend in 2021 because of the COVID restrictions. That kept them from attending. And if you're just comparing to how quickly teams will go and celebrate their championship, Clemson uh, did it, what, a week or two after winning the title. Yeah. All these things. And uh, – Two things come to mind for me. Number one, all these COVID bans and restrictions and vaccination statuses have just been lifted. This invitation came on May 3rd. Um, so that's around the same time. Number two, I'm sorry, University of Georgia, but your student athlete calendar is probably a little bit less important than whatever's going on in D.C. and their calendar. So yeah. if, if they're giving you dates, you work that into whatever you've got going on, and those that can attend should attend, and those that can't because they're in the NFL or whatever they're doing. But the, the restrictions of the month of June are, uh, are, are really the reason why you're pointing to all this? I just don't, of the month I don't know of why, June? I don't know why this is the answer. Our student schedule is such that we can't make it work as opposed to Hutton saying, I can come with 15 people if you're Kirby Smart or the AD or whoever. Or whatever. And we can be on or we want to be there. We're not saying no, but because of the schedule and because of we waited so long for this, or you did, understand that a lot of our players are in the NFL and can't make it. Well, let's also say this. Alabama, after they won the title in 2017, I believe, was their year, they went to the White House in April. It was 2018 when they won. They went to the White House in April, not in January. The student-athlete calendar then, what are you doing then? Finals, spring semester. Yeah, student athlete calendar well, work bring, to that benefit I, again. Just bring someone. Like the, well, the conversation should have been, that's tough. Is there another day? And if they but, say, oh, there's no other day, our schedule is busy. Obviously, if you're the White House, then you say, okay, we can't bring our full group, but we're going to bring a delegation well, of Georgia Bulldogs there to be celebrated. And not Boom, ever, done exactly. And it, look. Knowing whatever we did the international trip to London when I was with the Titans, the number of players that did not have a passport, right? The number of rookies that come into a college program that have never been on a plane before, the ability to take them to the nation's capital should be above the ability to say, you know what, it's June and it just doesn't fit into our calendar. Sorry. By the way, uh, the expansion of the college football playoff absolutely does fit into the student athlete's calendar. You know that just that's we'll a, make that work. that's a weak excuse, and I don't know. You're, you're I think the you're not taking everything into full account whenever you're saying, "Hey, uh, no, we're we're going to decline this 
Uh, meanwhile, uh, LSU, by the way, with all of the all of the drama, all of the the you know the headlines that stirred the pot, they're going. They'll yeah. be there with UConn whenever they're celebrating their title with the men's title. And meanwhile, the Georgia Bulldogs declining the title run here is you know, just doesn't fit into the calendar of June. Well, as a fan of uh, our country, the United States of America, and right. as a lover of American history, if I'm on that Georgia Bulldogs football team, I am pissed off at my of administration for turning that opportunity down. I'd be saying, you're telling me I don't get to go to the White House, get the grand tour, and then meet a, a, a sitting president of the United States? That's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Everyone that you've ever known, you're watching right now and you're listening, if you know someone who has met a U.S. president and shook their hand, they remember that moment. And now George is robbing that moment of every player on that team and coach on that team because of a student calendar scheduling conflict. Give for back-to-back -back years. The calendar didn't fit the, the COVID calendar for the administration in 2021 after their title. And now for the second consecutive year after back-to-back -back championships, they're not going to accept the invitation that was issued on May 3rd. I'd like to add that their classes start on June 8th. So Georgia, you know, with this football program, we've seen they've got a lot of high-quality student athletes that we can tell are really putting forth the effort and time when it comes to their schoolwork, not having any off-the-field issues. So, you know, the, the school's just giving them that opportunity to get settled in for that week of summer classes. Do weekends, do oh, the weekends way, exist said, uh, in the state of Georgia? A Georgia wide receiver, I think, was just arrested, uh, I think, as we were talking. Maybe that's it. Maybe they don't want to have anything bad happen at the White House given all their recent off-the-field incidents. I mean. Just a theory. Yeah, I just looked at That's in business in L.A. now, guys. <laughs> what are they doing? What do you see? Uh, well, I was looking up the, uh, the the name of the Georgia wide receiver. I'm not laughing at the charges. Multiple charges, including DUI, was arrested. But his name is Denylon Morissette. And I'm like, if this is like Alanis, Alanis. Morissette, you know, had a child and uh, became a receiver. <laughs> Denylon Morissette, the is receiver. that ironic? Who was arrested. Very ironic. It's one of the advisors just like, Kirby, we can't risk taking these guys up there. It's We can't even keep them out of trouble down here where we have the law on our side. Maybe they are looking up and saying, this is just going to put another spotlight on our culture issues here at Georgia. You know who doesn't care about culture issues at Georgia? Georgia fans, because they won back-to-back -back national championships. They don't care one bit about culture problems. You know who would go and take the opportunity to put their uh, brand on the pedestal that day? Alabama. Probably. Saban did it. He would do it again. What if TCU? They would fit that into the... What if would, the national runner-up TCU said, we'll go... <laughs> What if TCU gets the invite now? We will now invite every conference champion from this past year to the White House instead. TCU will join us with the Iowa women's basketball program. <laughs> there will be a separate recep reception with Dr. Jill Biden that will feature all national runner-ups. And she invited the Iowa team as well. Iowa, TCU, um, San Diego State, please come on down. I don't even know who the hell won the college baseball national championship or who lost. I don't care enough to know. But whoever the runner-up is, they'll get invited also. Ted Ronaldo is already playing for Saudi under a massive contract. And uh, Lionel Messi is headed that way as well. Reportedly agreed to a deal with the Saudi Pro League. And this is uh, through one of the Spanish soccer outlets reporting this. Messi, Messi originally requested a staggering, this is front office sports, $662 million per season. But the sides reportedly settled on $386.5 million 
per season, which would still easily make him the highest paid athlete in the world ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo, who also plays for the Saudis and is making $220 million per year. So this reminds me of our old friend John Feinstein of the mm-hmm. Washington Post. One time, a long-time guest of our old radio show. Mm -hmm. And I think, Hutton, he was making more than any other weekly guest in the history of our show. I want to say he was making like 250 bucks to come on for 15, 20 minutes a week per per. Other than McLean, correct. Yeah, he was was making a good amount. McLean, yes, was making more and probably worth more. But I remember he was making that. And then (laughs) we left. Probably. And we went to OutKick to work for, at the time, Clay Travis before he sold. Before Clay sold out. <laughs> um, working for Clay Travis. And I remember that I didn't even tell. I told John, you know, we're not going to be needing your services, this and that. And then he waited a couple of weeks and saw our announcement because we left, right? We, There's a three-month probationary we period we where we, we didn't go. And, and John Feinstein, <laughs> I promise this plane will land. John Feinstein came to me via text and said, oh, I see you've gone to work for that clown Clay Travis who's spreading misinformation about COVID and da, 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 whatever. You couldn't pay me enough money in the world to join you on that outlet. And I so badly, and I think I just gave it a thumbs up, I so badly wanted to reply and say, how about for $400 a week? <laughs> this, Best. ladies and gentlemen, is what Lionel Messi has done. Oh, $400 million? What about six hundred and? I would never take your blood money. In Saudi Arabia for 400. What about 650 million? Sold. Done. I'll do it. Money talks. BS walks. We have seen that now with the Live Tour. We're seeing it with soccer stars also. Oh, Chad, they're just growing the sport. Come on. Oh, we got to grow the sport. Grow the sport. It's all about the growth of the sport. Coming up. (laughs) I I would have. Looking back, Hutton, I'd miss an opportunity with John Feinstein to say, what about 400? And just keep going up? No, never. There's no amount. What about 1,000 per appearance until he says yes? Bob Huggins is down a million dollars per year on his contract. He'll be making a little over $3 million per year on a year-to-year contract now based on comments made on a Cincinnati radio station earlier this week. Clay Travis weighs in on that and more straight ahead on Hot Mike. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. We hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Thousands of you have. Thank you. We appreciate you. And thank you for listening to this great radio partner as well. Clay Travis will join us momentarily. We'll hit the, uh, the top topics of the day with him. Chad, we mentioned earlier, Lakers have a chance to close out the Warriors tonight. And the 76ers also with a 3-2 to two lead over Boston. What's been a great series where Joel Embiid, dominant yet again. And Maxi, what a difference maker. 30 points. To the Lakers series, though, quickly. Um, John Ireland joined us earlier, voice the Lakers. That was awesome. Fascinating answer, though, about what it would mean if it was seven versus eight in the finals. I believe that's what's happening right now. I don't think there's anybody playing better than the Lakers and the Heat. Uh, in, on seven versus side. eight would be the Lakers. And, and heat, if it was crazy. seven versus eight in the finals, what that would say for the league. And John gave us a great answer about it would be terrible. Yeah. Because what it shows is you don't have to value the regular season at all. These are teams who rested guys. And if that happens. Missed a ton of games. That's not a great thing. 
Clay Travis joins us, founder of OutKick. Clay joins us by phone. Clay, hope you're well, man. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Hey, man. Doing, doing fantastic. What? Bob Huggins is keeping his job. And in the, the, the landscape of, of athletics, as we have seen it in recent years, Clay, are you surprised based on the live comments he made in the radio show in Cincinnati, WLW 700, earlier this week? You know, I'm not really surprised. I, I think in general because of where he coaches um, in West Virginia, I think the standards and the rules that are in play there are different than they would have been if he was in New York or LA or a place like that. And I actually, I think they did exactly kind of what I expected they would do. I, we, we've compared the Tom Brenneman angle to this a lot. I, I, I would hope that upon reflection, Tom Brenneman also gets the opportunity to get back what, you know, he had, he either resigned from or was fired from due to the off-air comments, at least he thought they were off-air, that were leaked, unlike with Huggins, live on the air with hosts ask, asking questions about Xavier. I think the biggest difference there is there's lots of play-by-play guys, and there aren't that many high-level coaches, right? Um, and so I think the, you know, what I always say is, uh, as long as your talent exceeds your problems, you're going to be fine. And I think what happened there is, uh, you know, Tom Brenneman was easier to replace than Bob Huggins. I also think, again, the state that he's from matters in a really, really big way, I think, uh, in the larger context. And what I mean by that is you also have to balance, are people going to be angrier at you for doing something or doing nothing? And I think in the state of West Virginia, the answer is people would have been angrier at them for doing something than doing nothing at all, if that makes sense. Clay, you are someone who sold your media creation to a huge media company. Pat McAfee, considering doing the same thing in talks with ESPN right now, what type of advice would you offer Pat McAfee about going down that avenue? Some people enjoy being employees. Some people don't. So um, I don't know how Pat McAfee fits in that criteria. Some people want to own their own shop. They want to have complete control. And I understand that desire. And other people just say, you know what? I'd rather a lot of other people worry about the business aspects to what I'm going to do. I just want to be in charge of the content. I just want to deliver that on a day-to-day basis. So, and then you balance out the money like anything else, right? I think that's probably the biggest decision that he's going to have to make uh, is how much control does he want? What do you think about the situation that he's currently in where you can be a third-party contractor as a media entity and control the content of your daily show on the side? That sounds like a pretty perfect spot for him to be in right now. Now, granted, I don't know how much money he's getting offered, which would make a big difference in all of this, but what do you think about that setup? Yeah, look, I think the question is how much control does he have and how badly do they need him? Um, You know, like it seems like the Manning brothers with Omaha are building a great deal of value while also having a tremendous amount of freedom. And the biggest challenge that I would say you have to assess there as you sort of look through all of this decision making is, um, you know, to what extent does he need the money versus does what extent does he want just to continue to grow? Um, And I think that's the biggest the biggest challenge that anybody has. Right. Um, Because a lot of people say, hey, you're going to have total freedom. We want you to do the exact same thing. 
But the difference now is if he upsets somebody at, uh, at the NFL or at Major League Baseball, they don't really have a lot of recourse on him. But if he does that now, you know, like he doesn't matter as much as the business partners of ESPN do. Um, and so I think that factors in in a uh, in a really big way in terms of uh, the decision making. And then, you know, long term, uh, I, I think I don't know if you guys saw my tweet about Disney missing its streaming subscriber numbers by four million. ESPN barely grew in streaming. I think the streaming business is really bad um, and it's replacing an incredible business in the cable and satellite bundle. By which I mean, if you told me in five years, almost no one will watch ESPN programming other than the games, I would believe that very much as being the case. And a part of me, if I were Pat McAfee, would say ESPN needs me more than I need ESPN. Um, You know, the most successful person in media today, probably, I would say is Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan has, I know he does the UFC but really most of his notoriety now comes from his show that he owns and controls. Um, And uh, I I think it used to be that the name on the front of the Jersey mattered more. I think now uh, simply put the name on the back of the Jersey matters way more. Clay on a scale of one to Holy bleep. How concerned are you? If you're a college athletic director about what has gone on with Alabama baseball and now what's being investigated at Iowa and Iowa state. Well, I mean, look, I think all they're going to have to come up with a new policy, right? Um, because when everybody is gambling on sports, I think it's kind of crazy to expect that your average college kid who is on a sports team and is probably a big sports fan is not going to be doing the same, right? So I, I think more so than anything else, you have to be focused on the rule has to be just drilled in as much as possible you can't gamble on any of your sports. Now, here is where things get so interesting. Much of what happens in sports gambling in terms of being able to make money is based on value. And where does value come from? Information. If you're in a uh, you know university setting, let's say you are a track athlete, you probably know the basketball and football players, at least to a certain degree, quite a bit. Yeah. If you're a student manager, you know whether a star quarterback is going to be responding to ankle treatment or not. You're in practice. You know whether he's going to play. All of that creates tremendous value, and I don't know how you unring the bell in situations such as those, if that makes sense. And I think it's just part and parcel of the larger world we've created where gambling has always existed. It used to be underground. I would say in some ways, this is a sign of how well the regulated marketplace works, that somebody walking into a Ohio sports book and trying to place a bet, I think it was on the Alabama LSU baseball game, set off alarm bells because it was an abnormal wagering pattern. And you got caught in a way that you might not have gotten caught 25 or 30 years ago. Uh, when all of this was kind of under the radar and, you know, everybody had a corner bookie uh, and that was the way that bets were placed. Clay, what, uh, what did you make of, uh, I, I saw the social media post, you, Laura, Buck, and, and his lovely wife were attending something, I believe at uh, West Haven. And a lot of Bud Light was left in the cooler from what I could tell. 
Yeah, it didn't surprise me. I think this is going to be a major issue with branding for Bud Light. I think it's going to drag on for a long time. Uh, you know, I was out at a, a event here in my neighborhood uh, with a bunch of different um, uh, bands performing, and I was the MC. And there was an area where there was, uh, you know, beer that was available in coolers for anybody who wanted it. There was a bar as well. And early in the night, I saw it, and I said, okay, you know, Bud Light, McUltra, and uh, Yingling. And then there were some also, like, uh, uh, additional beers, but not as many of those. And I just immediately thought, I bet in this crowd, and there's probably, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 people overall at the event that I was attending. I said, I bet that nobody wants to be seen holding a Bud Light. And so I just kind of took a footage, a video footage for people who haven't seen it, of that cooler. And then I said, I bet when I come back later, there were some ranch waters as well, by the way, for people who know that. I bet that only Bud Light is left. And I ended up being right. You know, I came back a little bit over three hours later to kind of take a final tally. They hadn't restocked or anything left, uh, anything else. And the only thing that was left at that point basically was Bud Light. So I think if you think about college football tailgates, NFL tailgates, particularly as it pertains uh, to, uh, to, to places in the South or traditional red states, I think there is going to be infinitely less Bud Light available at those tailgates than in any year's past. Clay Travis, the Outkick founder, joins us each Wednesday afternoon. Clay, appreciate it, man. We'll be catching up soon. Thanks, Clay. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Thanks a lot. Yeah, See man. Ya. There's Clay Travis. Uh, and again, Outkick.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You can get Clay and Buck. Hutton, we have something well. in front of us that's not Bud Light. <laughs> uh, yeehaw. And uh, each day we are trying one of the 22 different beers that are on tap for the Craft Brewers Conference. First up is the Blackberry Beret. Uh, 4% alcohol. It's made in Johnson City and in Knoxville uh, for Yeehaw Brewing Company. Tart and gushing ripe blackberries, Chad, is what you should be tasting here. Cheers to what's been a fun day. Maybe Another, a, a hint of Yeehaw as well. hint of guava in this. Mm. That's blackberry. That is tart. That's exactly what you're looking for, though, based on the description. You... Uh, you know that we're all about honesty on the show, right? Yeah, that's not your drink. Not my favorite. Not my not favorite. If you like a sour and something tart, maybe you'll like it. I will not be enjoying that one. Next up is the result of an easy drinking crisp beer with a complex hop flavor and aroma. Wheat Emotions, 4% alcohol, made uh, right in Knoxville, Tennessee, on behalf of Yeehaw Brewing Company. And cheers to Matt McCloy. Happy birthday, Matt. Oh, Matt. Happy birthday, Happy Matt. birthday. By the way, I enjoy any beer that's named after an Aerosmith song, like this one. Wheat Emotions. Perfect name for it. That's a good beer. That's a good that beer. That is very Ye good. Yeehaw Beer gets it done. And so does this entire week with the Craft Brewers Conference. Matt, because it's your birthday, by the way, I'm going to save the rest of this beer for you. I will drink the tart one, and you will have this one. That's what I'll do for you on your birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. Uh, cheers to Matt. And uh, As I drink the rest of Cheers to Yeehaw this. Brewing Company. The I'll world, save it for you. the world awards, seriously, are announced tonight. And um, let's just say, if certain awards are handed to certain people here, it'll be a throwdown. The sun will, the those, sun will rise, and hopefully, I, those that are uh, partying will too. As we just learned, if these awards were handed out by Clay's neighborhood, Bud Light <laughs> would not be a recipient of any of those awards. Chad, tonight, do the Lakers close it out against the Warriors? They're back. Keep in mind. Two letters playing. for you, Hutton. N-O. Yeah. I think they're we'll, back home now. Warriors will get a win. Warriors win. And you know what? 
You've got uh, the other series, Knicks and Heat. I think Miami closes it out tonight over New York. I think so, too. I think we're headed so to tired. New York's an eight tired. seed versus a seven seed in the NBA Finals. I really do. We are headed to a short break, and then we're back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, right here for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. <laughs>